from high atop his mountain of index cards and tournament brackets, this is The Joy of Booking, a fantasy booking podcast. Here's your host, DC Matthews. Nothing like hitting the spring on the uh, microphone arm to get started on The Joy of Booking. My name is DC Matthews. At the DC Matthews, thank you as always to Brandon Banks for our amazing intro. Uh, what are we going to talk about today? We're first going to talk about how delicious this chicken pot pie is. Uh, I don't know if my friends in the UK have chicken. I know you have many different kinds of pie. You have shepherd's pie, you have cottage pie, steak and ale pie, fish pie, which. To me, maybe a bridge too far. But our chicken pot pie, which is, uh, you know, cuts of chicken, usually with some sort of veg in a, I don't even know if it's a cream sauce, in a sauce, um, a fairly thick sauce with pastry on top. Uh, We buy, we here in the house support the willow tree, not a sponsor, but, you know, come on and send the check. Uh, the Willow Tree brand, which is not the kind I grew up with. Um, I think I grew up with the Marie Callender chicken pie where the veg is already in there. It's a whole thing. This is just chicken sauce pastry, and that's the kind uh, that my wife prefers, and we have found. It's good. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm you know, suffering here. Uh, and you take some veg, carrots, onions, garlic, maybe some freezer peas. You make your own veg, and then you just mix it all together. Quite tasty. Quite tasty. It's dinner time here. It's a Tuesday. It's dinner time. I got my seltzer. Always got to have your water. I've got my pot pie. And while I debated having this episode be me ranking the Marvel movies, I will save that. Maybe until I watch more What If. Maybe not. I did stay home. My wife and I played hooky today. Don't tell anyone. Shh our secret uh but and i watched black widow my wife had already seen it i watched black widow for the first time it's good not great but not bad um probably talk about that more if i do rank the marvel movies which i do want to do i think you know i've got all these wrestling ideas and sometimes you want to talk other stuff i did the joy of baking i'm uh watching the uh the season We've watched all of the seasons again. There's obviously the current season with my boy Giuseppe. Uh, and then there's the what's called on the U.S. Netflix The Beginnings, which is season three, because apparently seasons one and two don't exist anywhere online anymore. Um, season three features John and James and that just delightful bastard Brendan. I love him so much. Um so we'll do another Joy of Baking. Uh, you know, we'll talk about Marvel movies. I think I've looked at the data, friends. I know that this podcast, if it gets over a dozen listens, it's a good day. Uh, we're often in single digits. I know who the people are who are listening to this show. I know that really you're, you're going to be on board with pretty much whatever I do. And I'm grateful for you. But I do want to get into something that... Uh, I was excited about, and I'm still excited about, but the bloom is off the rose a little bit in terms of this booking to WrestleMania. I had such high hopes, and again, hindsight being 2020, should have booked the whole thing at one time. Didn't. Paid the price. Um... But we're going to keep on keeping on. We're going to go into December now, friends. Get ready for December. Uh, Survivor Series is over. We've had a battle of the brands. I'm not sure if any brand won. NXT UK certainly cemented itself as a force. I hope you're not hearing me scrape the bowl with my spoon. If you are, I'm sorry. I know that's probably one of the most annoying sounds, especially on a podcast. This is my last bite. Really, really good. Carrots could have been cooked a little more, but I got bored. And the pie was done. Uh, NXT UK established itself as a brand to be reckoned with. Roman Reigns won. 
Um, he is still the head of the table. And remember, this I, I booked this back in probably late September, early October, before Big E won the title, before the draft. So a lot of things here are going to be different. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Uh, but in December, we've got three shows. We have uh, the UK TakeOver. We have uh, TLC, usual December pay-per-view offering uh, by the good folks at the WWE. And then we have In Your House Holiday Hell. It's a working title. I don't love it. It's a working title. Uh, so I want to kind of walk you through where we go, what December would look like if I were running the show. I did make a couple of little changes um, based on some new information, what's been going on. But by and large, this is the same. And so let us begin with that force to be reckoned with over across the pond and from the future, or however Jeremy puts it. Uh, the UK takeover. We begin our opening match, Nathan Frazier versus Joe Coffey. Now, this all started uh, during the Survivor Series match. Both of these men were on the team for NXT UK, Frazier and Coffey. Uh, and they had words. They had words. Frazier was in the ring grappling. Coffey wanted to be tagged in. Frazier wasn't so keen. Coffey kind of forced himself to get tagged in. And they just didn't get along. And it came to a head. And Coffey, trying to make a point, does that pie face where you just put your hand. He puts his hand in Frazier's face and just pushes him backwards. Uh, Frazier responds, <clears throat> insecure, kick to the head. Coffey staggers, turns around gets hit with a finisher, and is eliminated from the Survivor Series match uh, with an assist from his teammate, which does not go well. So uh, between Survivor Series and this UK takeover, Frazier spends most of the month fighting with Gallus. Um, finally, in order to get a shot at um, Joe Coffey and to get Mark Coffey and Wolfgang banged from, banned from ringside, not banged from ringside, that wouldn't make any sense, banned from ringside. He has to beat them in a handicap match, which he does because Nathan Frazier is a big, strong boy. Uh, and then he has a match with Joe Coffey at the takeover, and Nathan Frazier wins. Big things happening for Mr. Frazier. Our next matchup, Zaya Brookside versus Blair Davenport. You know, Blair Davenport's not going to be featured a lot in this. Um, the piece of business folks talk her up. Makes me wish I had booked her. Maybe if I eventually catch up and see some things, maybe I will uh, reconsider and throw her in there in some form or fashion. But for now, uh, this is more about Zaya, except Zaya was the first member of her team eliminated. Zaya Brookside first one out, and Blair Davenport not shy about letting her hear about it and mocking her for it. Of course, Zaya takes it personally. And these two start to brawl. And let me tell you there, folks, this brawl continues throughout the weeks of UK programming. They brawl in the back. They brawl in the ring. They brawl on the bus. They brawl with a guy named Gus. It's just brawling, 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 which leads to a street fight. Brookside versus Davenport in a street fight at UK TakeOver, which is won by Zaya Brookside. Our tag title match, you know, it's tough. Uh, I think NXT UK, the real world, is having the same trouble as my fantasy world in that who is left for Pretty Deadly to beat? They're running out of people, these dandy highwaymen. Um, I'm assuming they face subculture in the past. Based on the conversations from Glenn and Jeremy, it seems like we're getting uh, Flash and... Mark Andrews reuniting. They did some single stuff. Uh, seems from their discussions like they're heading back towards being a tag. Um, they're doing it again. Pretty deadly wins. You know, who's going to stop them? Who is going to stop them? I know who it is. I know who's going to stop them. And quite frankly, uh, it's going to be glorious. Our next match. For the uh, Heritage Cup title, I almost said U.S., then I almost said North American, but this is the mid-card of 
NXT UK, so it is the Heritage Cup uh, title. Tyler Bate defending against Teoman. I like Teoman. And in October, I had him sort of leave um, whatever the guy's name is. Forgive me that I don't know his name. Um, I, the name I'm thinking of, I think, is the Impact Wrestler with a similar name. I should look it up to be not cruel, so let me do so very quickly while I do take a drink. Rohan Raja. Rohan Raja. Um, since leaving Rohan Raja and flying solo, Teoman has been on a Teo... Nope, that's pun's not going to work. I was going to say tear with Teoman. Teo... Teo nope. Nope, I don't got it. It's gone. Um, he wins. Uh, which kind of buries the lead. I was going to talk about the tear he was on. He has a strong showing at Survivor Series. He has... Uh, there's a tournament, just like we're having a tournament now, to determine the contender for the Heritage Cup title. He wins that, and then he beats Tyler Bate clean. No outside interference. Nobody helping him. He just wins. And sometimes heels just win. Teoman wins, and he is the new Heritage Cup champion. Um, the alpha female, the sole survivor of, or was she the sole survivor? Yes, she's the sole survivor of the Survivor Series women's tag matches. And she uses that springboard big time feature, big for her, big for Raquel Gonzalez at Survivor Series. And she uses that, um, or her spokesperson, Ginny, uses that to get her a title shot against Mako at TakeOver. And Ginny spends this whole time talking about how when we win, we will be champion, and it will be our title, and NXT UK will become our show. Now, the alpha female doesn't talk. She's just, she's diesel. She's just standing there. Uh, but you can tell, as she stands behind Ginny, she's not loving what she's hearing about Ginny talking about how this is our show, and it will be our title. Uh, the match, as you would expect, is brutal. This is by far Mako's biggest test to date. Multiple times it appears like the alpha female is going to win. But in the end, the final boss remains unbeaten. And again, Ginny, cheering her on, disappointed, actually looks at alpha female as she's laying there, a little bit disgusted. But then once Alpha Female kind of comes to, very supportive, helping her up, still talking about how we're going to take over. This is just a bump in the road. Mako retains. Our main event, you knew this was coming. You knew this was coming. Ilya Dragunov, Finn Balor, NXT UK title. As soon as I moved Finn to... NXT UK, you knew he was going to win the belt. You knew he was going to win it probably in his first title or title shot. And you were right because he wins. Uh, this match, not a lot of bad blood. Mutual respect for each other in this matchup. Finn talking about uh, how Ilya Dragunov might be one of the best wrestlers on the planet. And he overcame monumental odds to defeat Walter. Ilya Dragunov, talking Finn Balor, first universal champion, a star everywhere he goes. I can't tell you, I can't tell you that Ilya Dragunov looked up to Prince Devitt when he was younger. I don't know that story, but certainly was aware of him, certainly probably a role model of some kind. And they also discussed that they both have these dark sides to them. Ilya has trouble keeping his emotions in check. Finn Balor, as much as I don't like it, has the demon side of him. And so they talk about that, and they're telling each other, again, very respectfully, my demon side might come out. I might lose control of my emotions, and if that happens, I am not responsible for the beating <clears throat> that you're going to endure. And we do see that. The demon doesn't show. This is Finn Balor. I'm done with the demon. The demon is done. Uh, but... We get a serious match that turns brutal. Both of them beating the tar out of each other. And in the end, 
your new NXT UK champion, Finn Balor. Uh, and that closes the show for UK TakeOver. Apologies to those of you who really love Ilya Dragunov. He's, he's going to be around. He's got stuff going on. Um, but he's, it's ne- he's never been super for me. I'm sorry. I love you. Finn Balor's your new champion. Uh, we move to In Your House, Holiday Hell. I don't love the name. But the only other option I could come up with was December to Dismember. If we want to get rid of the gimmick pay-per-views, which we do, um, then we need names for pay-per-views that aren't based on the gimmick name. And I always do think it's fun. You know, Spring Stampede, Summer Slam, Fall Brawl. You could call this Winter War, I guess. You could come up with something like that. Solstice Sizzler. I don't know. But Holiday Hell works for me for now. Um, December to Dismember was a worse idea. Uh, We begin uh, going back in time to the Battle Royal that happened at Survivor Series where we put all 34 uh, male wrestlers who didn't have anything else to do. uh, We put them in here. And I'm not going to call him Kurt Wagner because that's Nightcrawler. I've been reading a bunch of X-Men comics. Von Wagner and Timothy Thatcher kind of formed an alliance, kind of, you know, they would fight each other during the Battle Royal, and then as soon as someone else came around, they would turn and both fight the other person. And then if that person got eliminated or it was back to just the two of them, they'd fight each other again. So it's this weird alliance where is Wagner sort of learning from Thatcher? Is there a mentor relationship going on? Do they not like each other, but they respect... We're not really sure what's happening here. Um, And, you know, as this weeks go on, we still get that. Wagner's following Thatcher around. Wagner doesn't talk much. Wagner's following Thatcher around. Thatcher is giving him lessons. They're not necessarily teaming, but they're, you know, they are figuring things out there is some sort of relationship happening if Wagner were to say anything it would probably be me learn fight you because he's a caveman get it so we get some pre-tape segments with the two of them now these are not on the level of the greatest pre-tape training segments of all time which is William Regal and Eugene Great, perhaps the greatest moment in wrestling history. Uh, but these are good. These are serious. These are, you know, they're fighting. Wagner's got the power. He's got some skill. You know, you're seeing Wagner battle other people while Timothy Thatcher's watching. You watch Thatcher and Wagner sort of doing those. There's this wrestling, amateur wrestling sort of drill where you're grabbing each other's arms. You know, so I grab your arms. You twist your arm sort of out from my grip and you grab my arm and then I have to twist and grab your arm and you just kind of go back and forth working those, you know, using leverage to escape sort of things. We see some of that. And in the end, Thatcher does say, looks like you're ready. Like, you know, you're ready for a fight. And Wagner again, promo wizard says, you, me, Fight. Pit. You probably don't think that a match in the fight pit uh, can be done without there being like a blood feud as a part of it. And maybe you're right. And maybe you're right. But I do. I think you could do this. I think you could have a respectful sort of final test of the training thing. Let's see if you're really at my level. Let's see if you're really somebody that I should, you know, be paying attention to and potentially teaming with, potentially allying with. So we get a fight pit match. Thatcher wins. Uh, We have a triple threat match. The winner receives a junior heavyweight title shot at the Royal Rumble. And I'm going to blatantly steal an idea from Impact, which you probably wouldn't have known had I not told you, because I doubt you watch Impact. But uh, they had three triple threat matches 
And the winners of those triple threat matches had a triple threat match, I believe, to determine the X Division champion. And I like that idea. It's a it's a tournament of triple threat matches, and the numbers are different as opposed to a regular tournament because you need three people in the end. I thought that was really clever, so I'm stealing that idea. Uh, and, uh, you know, I is there enough lightweight talent in NXT for this? Sure. Don't think about it too much. Just say yes. Yes, there is. Uh, so we have John Morrison, Austin Theory, and Carmelo Hayes. Winner faces Seth Rollins for the junior heavyweight title at the Royal Rumble. So this is a big deal for Theory and Hayes because, yes, Austin Theory wrestled at a WrestleMania, which is a bizarre trivia question. Um, but this is a big deal because they're going to wrestle at one of the big shows. This isn't going to be at a, a take takeover. There is no takeover in January, by the way. It's When Worlds Collide, NXT versus NXT UK. That's what When Worlds Collide is going to be in January, and there'll be the Rumble, and that's it. Um, so it's a big spot. But in the end, John Morrison's experience beats the raw talent of Theory and the raw talent of Carmelo Hayes. So John Morrison wins, so you know right now that we are going to get at the Royal Rumble. Seth Rollins, if he remains the champion, maybe he's going to lose at some point in December, you don't know, uh, taking on John Morrison for the Cruiserweight Junior Heavyweight title at the Royal Rumble. We have a match. Sami Zayn continuing his feud with Dexter Loomis. This carries over from October. Sami Zayn shows up, is complaining about all the stuff that's dealing with. He gets into it with Theory. He bumps into Loomis. We keep having this. Now, I don't remember if I said back in the November show that Dexter Loomis comes to ringside, to, which spooks Sami Zayn, which leads to him getting eliminated. Uh, uh, but that happens. Um, and so it's a good thing I'm mentioning it now if I didn't mention it before. Uh, I also should mention, while I'm in the habit of mentioning things, uh, that I'm very behind in my NXT watching. So I apologize to Joe Gacy, Harland, uh, and Tony DiSoprano, because y'all got nothing. Y'all got nothing. You weren't wrestling. You hadn't shown up yet. I think we had one uh, Tony D'Angelo vignette, which was just ridiculous. So I'll, I'll try to build you in somewhere. But as of right now, y'all got nothing. Uh, Dexter Loomis defeats Sami Zayn. We have had a feud since October. We have a lot of new blood in NXT 2.0. We've got guys like Braun Breaker, Odyssey Jones, um, this tag team of Josh Briggs and the other guy, Bull Buchanan's son. I think his last name is Jensen which is stupid. He's Bull Buchanan's son. I would also change that, I should mention. Um, you know, they call him Von Wagner. Call him Cal Bloom. Why the hell not? Like, you know, and granted, that's not quite the uh, lineage. You know, Ron Breaker is the son of Rick Steiner. A lot of wrestling fans are going to know who Rick Steiner is. Um, this kid Jensen is the son of Bull Buchanan. You know what? A decent amount of people might know who Bull Buchanan is. He's a more current wrestler. Uh, I don't know if, you know, anyone's going to be like, oh, remember that guy from the Beverly Brothers? But regardless. Uh, so these young guns uh, have run into trouble. Braun Breaker was the first because uh, this stable of Pete Dunn, Ridge Holland, and the Grizzled Young Veterans, uh, they're a little perturbed by all this young blood showing up because they don't feel like they've had their chance to shine. And now here comes all of these young guns stealing the spotlight and stealing match time and stealing airtime. Dunn and Ridge and the Grizzled Veterans, whatever their stable name is going to be, they feel like they deserved the chance to flourish and the chance to be the big-time part of the show. So it started with Pete Dunn and Braun Breaker. And quickly, as Dunn's stable emerged... Then came out Odyssey Jones. Then came out this tag team of Briggs and Jensen. And all of a sudden, we have this sort of eight-man kind of battle going on between these young guns and this grizzled young team. Uh, and so we get an eight-man tag here at uh, Holiday Hell. Um, 
like I said, the four young guns versus Dunn's dudes. That would be a terrible name, but it's what I'm going with for right now. Uh, it's a chance for all four of these youngins to shine. We need people to, you know, get attached. Odyssey Jones already had a chance. Braun Breaker, you know, people are going to get into it. Maybe this is more of a showcase for Briggs and Jensen, which I think that's when you buy um, non-brand name, like, medical supplies. I think you get it from Briggs and Jensen, right? That sounds right. Uh, but either way. Uh, the youngins get a chance to shine, and we get a little bit of just mild, minor, minuscule, tiny bit of dissension among the ranks of this UK crew. All right, Pete Dunn's trying to run the show. Grizzled young veterans seem to be fine with it. Ridge Holland, maybe sort of. Maybe sort of, maybe. So, the young guys with baby faces come out with the win. I'm sure that mild dissension... Nothing to worry about. Uh, we have a tag team title match. Women's tag title, in fact. Triple threat. Uh, the team of Frankie Monet and Jesse Kamea, who won the unification match, and they are the only women's tag team champions, defending against uh, Asuka and Io Shirai. If you remember, Io was teaming with Zoe Stark, who I don't understand. Uh, they lost... And Asuka was there returning to NXT um, to pick up her countryman, Yoshirai, kind of help her pick up the pieces now that this tag team title was over. And the two become friends and obviously a very good duo. And then we have Xia Lee and Mei Ying, who up until this point had done all sorts of cool stuff that we would have seen in real life had Xia not been drafted and this whole storyline with her and Boa and Mei Ying just kind of end without any sort of conclusion that I'm aware of. Not that I'm bitter or anything, but really? Um, so yeah, triple threat match, women's tag team titles. And I'm just going to come right out and say it. Up until today, uh, I had Xia Li and Mei Ying winning this thing. But now that I thought about it, and Xia's going to SmackDown, and it's not like this tag team's doing a huge amount um, going forward in my world, there's no point. So I made some changes. I switched some things around. Didn't take that much. And your new women's tag team champions are Asuka and Io Shirai, the new women's <clears throat> tag team champions, which would enable them um, to go to other brands because this is kind of a universal tag title. So they could show up on Raw. They could show up on SmackDown. They could show up anywhere do i have them booked for the royal rumble no i mean well they're in the rumble so i don't think we're gonna have them defend the titles but i should have thought of that anyways we'll figure that out later um after the match <coughs> excuse me we see frankie monet and jesse Kamea. jesse obviously very 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 disappointed Frankie doesn't seem too bothered because she's got to focus on herself. She spent all this time helping you, meaning Jesse, and I gave you a title. And now it's time for me to focus on me and my upcoming title shot. Spoilers. And as for you, Jesse, you should be focusing on trying to be as much like me as possible. Do you see how I'm just kind of nope, shrugging it off, moving on to bigger and better things? You should be thinking about doing the same. Our next match is for the Junior Heavyweight Championship. Our champion, if you recall, is Seth Rollins. And since he won the title back at Survivor Series, um, he has been harangued, harassed, and chased by former champion Chrissy Shudit. By former cruiserweight champion. I tried to say cruiserweight and Kushida at the same time. And that don't work. Kushida. Um, who believes he is owed a proper one-on-one -on -one rematch. Because he was the final cruiserweight champion. He wrestled in this fatal four-way. He did not win. But because he was the final champion. He believes he deserves the first singles title shot. Now Rollins has been doing open challenges. He has been wrestling any and all junior heavyweights, he shows up on Raw, he shows up on SmackDown, he shows up other places, which would be NXT UK, because that's the only other place there is. 
Um, and he keeps ignoring him. He's like, look, dude, you lost. Move on. You were the cruiserweight champion. That, that belt doesn't even go here anymore. But Kushida won't stop pestering him, showing up, trying to get attack him, trying to do all this stuff. And so finally, Seth Rollins says, fine. If you want a junior heavyweight title match against me, you can have one at In Your House. But if you lose, Mr. Kushida, not only can you not challenge for the junior heavyweight title anymore, you must leave the WWE system. So if you really want a chance to wrestle me for this belt, you can, but you must put your WWE career on the line to do so, and Kushida accepts and then loses. Because really, when you think about it, has Kushida ever really made sense in the WWE system? I say no. He showed up, he was wearing the Marty McFly stuff, he was doing the time splitter thing. That was cool for the first couple of weeks. Oh my God, Kushida's in NXT, that's amazing. And then he didn't do much, I think he got hurt. Then he they changed his outfit, they made him look different, which just felt weird. He doesn't belong here. He's never belonged here. He belongs either back in Japan or in AEW. Like... It, his size and everything, it just it would fit more there. Or send him back to Japan, have him show up. You know, he's made his triumphant return. He could wrestle Kota Ibushi. He could wrestle Okada. He could do all of those things. He could become a main event star there. It doesn't make sense. Didn't make sense. I wasn't going to book him because it didn't make sense. So he's done. That's it for Kushida. Seth Rollins retains. Our next matchup. Uh, Imperium versus the Alpha Academy. Now, Jeremy said an interesting thing the other day. And by the other day, I mean this morning. So the other day for you, this morning for me. Um, he was saying that in a recent NXT show, MSK, who I keep forgetting are the tag team champions in the real world, attacked Imperium without warning. Kind of a heelish move. And he was wondering if there had been a double turn and Imperium was going to be baby faces. And Walter's clearly, you know going to get a big reaction from that full sale crowd um now i'm way behind on my nxt watching but i fully support this in the real world marcel bartel is so regal-esque eichner's incredibly athletic walter's amazing if you want to throw drake maverick in there for me he's running around with the windbreaker being the mascot that's russell silly gold so i think this would work um now granted what's going to happen with imperium over the remainder of not only this pay-per-view, but in the future, they're going to still be heels. But it would work in the real world. And now we have them going up against Alpha Academy, and who's better? That's, that's all it is. Who's better? Um, plus, just imagine Otis Walter's stare down. I made a little note in case I do go into 2022. That would be pretty fun. Uh, Imperium wins. That we're not insulting anyone's heritage. I'm sorry. I know that's what people want to see. But Imperium wins this matchup <clears throat> between them and Alpha Academy. Another triple threat. I'm realizing there's a lot of triple threat matches happening at this uh, show. But you know what? What are you going to do? I, I can't help it. We have, uh, for the North American title, Isaiah Swerve Scott defending against uh, Roderick Strong and Tommaso Ciampa. I suppose, no, Gargano left, right? Yes. Gargano got distracted by the sonogram, so he has been kind of written off TV uh, to be with Candice while she is pregnant, which I think is great. Um, you know, I guess you could throw another person in there if I missed somebody, but we'll just have a lot of triple threats. It's okay. Who cares? Who cares? Nobody cares. Uh, so I did not expect Hit Row to become such a big deal, and I did not expect Top Dalla to be a Twitter superstar and everyone thinking that he's going to be <clears throat> the big deal coming out of uh, Hit Row. Um, so because of that, and because Roderick Strong is part of this, let's do a last-minute match. Wasn't planning on having this match. Uh, it'll be a surprise for everybody. Let's do uh, Hit Row, Top Dollar, and Ashanti the Adonis, I think that's his name, and let's have him wrestle the Creed Brothers. 
That would be a great match. Why not? Just do it. Let's just do it. Let's just do things to do things. Let's be crazy and do things to do things. So, uh, let's get back to the actual match. Triple threat, North American title. Imagine the match. I hope you imagined how good Imperium versus Alpha Academy would be. A lot of these matches I make because I want to see them because I'm a wrestling fan. And that would be a good wrestling match. And this would be a good wrestling match. Um, So... You know, I, w- I could have done something. I had this moment in my head where I was like, okay. So you do have Hit Row. They're a big deal. Um, you have Diamond Mine. They're a big deal. I could lump Thatcher and Wagner in with Champa, and you could have another kind of stable warfare type of thing. But I want the North American belt to be defended. It technically has not been defended on pay-per-view. October, it was War Games with Legato. Then there was the champions match. So this would be the first time it would be defended, and I wanted that to happen. Although defended is the wrong word because uh, Ciampa's going to win. Um, because Isaiah Swerve Scott is not going to be in NXT much longer. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Ciampa wins, new champion. Our final two match, no, final three matches. We'll get there. Uh, Frankie Monet pulling double duty, as I hinted earlier. Uh, she is wrestling Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT women's title. Uh, she wrestles twice and only loses once because she is going to defeat Raquel Gonzalez, maybe with a little help from Jesse Camille, maybe not, and uh, become the new NXT women's champion. Um, yes, I know what you may be thinking. Raquel Gonzalez won the champions match in November. Now she loses in December. Yes, that's what happens when, again, you're going to be drafted and probably, hint, hint, spoiler, spoiler, uh, make your main roster debut in the Royal Rumble. So that's how that works. Uh, Monet is the new champion. She celebrates John Morrison despite losing. No, he won. Did he win? Hold on. Let me check my notes. Who do I have winning that triple threat match? Oh, it is John Morrison. See, who does win. So Frankie Monet celebrates, and for the first time on camera, John Morrison comes out to celebrate with his, are they married? They might be married. They're an actual couple, right? He comes out to celebrate. Jesse is quasi-celebrating, though obviously she is still bummed because she was champion and now is no longer. Now that leads us to the main event feud. If you recall... Back in October, uh, we had a tag match, Cameron Grimes and Drake Maverick versus, who were they wrestling? Imperium. No. What was happening? This is why I should have all done this. Grimes and Maverick were allies. They had wrestled Alpha Academy, I believe. Um, And they were coming out to save MSK against Imperium. Drake turns, he joins Imperium. There's a vicious Cameron Grimes beatdown. He is stretchered out, sent off in an ambulance. And we haven't heard from him in weeks. He finally makes his return after Survivor Series. uh, Angry, angry, angry. And he is attacking all members of Imperium whenever he can. Kendo sticks, chairs, lead pipes. He might get a taser. He might get a cricket bat. You don't know what this guy's going to find, but he is so angry and furious, and he is just interrupting things. Every time we see Imperium, there's a very good chance Cameron Grimes is going to show up in some way, and Commissioner William Regal, GM William Regal, has got to put a stop to it. And so he's talking to Cameron Grimes, and he's like, I have to suspend you. If you cannot get this North Carolina temper of yours under control, but I know you're upset. You were betrayed. You were beaten down. You were, you were put on the shelf. I get that. So I'm going to try to give you what you want. You can have Drake Maverick at Holiday Hell. Not good enough, says Cameron Grimes. All right, fine. I can see your passion. I appreciate that. I will give you a title match against Walter. Not good enough. Now Regal gets frustrated, as the UK folks say. And he says, what do you want then? I offered you Drake. You said no. I offered you Walter. You said no. What will it take to make you happy? And Grimes says he wants 
both of them. He wants to wrestle both of them at one pay-per-view. And Regal goes, okay, okay, you can wrestle. You'll wrestle Drake Maverick, and then you'll wrestle Walter. If that's what you want, if that's going to make you happy and get you to stop ruining my show, then that's what you can get. So he finally seems content and leaves. But now Imperium's mad because now Cameron Grimes has a title shot. Now Cameron Grimes is going after Drake Maverick. And so they get in William Regal's face. And Walter stares him down. Wouldn't that match be amazing? And finally, they, after being intimidated, Regal says, okay, okay, okay. We'll add this wrinkle. We'll add this stipulation. Cameron Grimes has to beat Drake Maverick in order for it to be a title match. If he doesn't beat Drake, he can't wrestle Walter for the title. And that seems to make Imperium happy. So we get a no-holds-barred match between Drake Maverick and Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes needs to win to be able to go after Walter. This is a crazy hardcore match. Drake Maverick often wrestles silly. Cameron Grimes, in many cases, wrestles silly. No more. Both of them bleed. Because in my world, a little color now and then is a good thing. Both of them bleed. Weapons, brawling, throwing each other downstairs. It's crazy. It's crazy town USA. And in the end, they're both on the apron. There's a table at ringside that they set up and then we, of course, forget about. They're both on the apron. The table's down on the floor. Drake runs at Cameron Grimes, who does that crazy kick, double stomp thing onto Drake through the table to finally pick up the win. Cameron Grimes defeats the guy who betrayed him, Drake Maverick, now gets a title shot with Walter. But I mean it now gets a title shot with Walter because the match happens back to back. It's not a WrestleMania thing. He doesn't wrestle the first match and the last match. He's wrestling back to back. So now here comes Walter. And we're, we're treating Cameron Grimes right in this instance. You know, he gets the chance to put up a Herculean effort, but it's Walter and you just wrestled a match in which you are bloodied and beaten down with Drake Maverick. So Walter, of course, wins because we're living in the real world in this fake world. Walter takes his belt, puts it around his waist. The music's going. It's about to reach that crescendo where he's about to do the pose. He goes to do the pose and the music cuts out and is immediately replaced with Banat, Bat, Banat. And you think Godzilla's coming out, but it's not Godzilla. Nay, nay. Out comes Samoa Joe. First time we've seen Samoa Joe, I believe, uh, since I've taken over in October. And we get a monumental face-off to end Holiday Hell. So now we've done UK. We've done NXT. We're 43 minutes in. Let's do TLC. I'll freely admit, just letting you know right off the bat, this takes a long time. I wrote all of this out. I wrote, you know, that was almost five full pages to get through those first two shows. I got bored about halfway through this one, so... I'll be telling you about it, but I didn't plan it out as well. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> let me get some water. You just got to have your water. Uh, the pre-show. Yes, in this instance, I'm, I'm booking a pre-show. The pre-show <clears throat> features Lucha House Party against this new team that I mentioned uh, joined together in the Battle Royal at Survivor Series. Santos Escobar. And Angel Garza. Now I know what you're thinking. DC booked the Lucha House Party? Was everyone else dead? Like, what's going on? You know why I did it. Think about it. Think about the history of this show. You know why I did it. Because your friend and mine, Lince Dorado, is going to betray the Lucha House Party. He betrays Kalisto, he betrays Grand Metallic, and he aligns himself with Santos Escobar and Angel Garza, forming a newer, better Legado. Santos and Garza win. 
Uh, the main show kicks off with Kevin Owens versus Mustafa Ali. Now we're in an awkward position here. We know Kevin Owens. We know what he's doing at WrestleMania. We know he's one of the big four stories that started this whole thing. We know what he's doing at WrestleMania. We know who he's fighting. <clears throat> what do we do until we get to that point? I got to do something. Um, and I might as well use this since January is where it kicks off. Might as well use this last opportunity to help elevate someone else who need, who is Ali. Needs some big time wins. Uh, this match is four. Winner gets a shot at the United States title at the Royal Rumble. <clears throat> and that means, of course, he's wrestling Damian Priest, right? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Ali wins. In October, T-Bar takes the mask off, or he's already unmasked. I don't care. I just don't care anymore. Uh, and goes back to the name of Dijak. Not Dijakovic. He is Dijak. And since that time, we are getting what we all know is the best way to get a guy over, squash matches. Brutal, quick, showcase squash matches, sometimes against two opponents at a time. And after a few weeks of that, probably through October through November, he's backstage and he gets confronted by Seamus, who asks if he's supposed to be impressed by all of these wins that Dijak is picking up and he talks about Dijak's rocky road to get here you've been in the company for a couple years now <clears throat> and you're still wrestling these nobodies within the first year I'm pretty sure this fact is correct I'm not going to check within the first year of the company I Sheamus was wrestling for the world title if not already world champion you're nothing and Dijak responds Slapping Sheamus in his face, and the match is on. Uh, so we get a, it's TLC, of course, so this is going to be a tables match. Because why not? Uh, so a tables match, <clears throat> not just because I liked the spot with uh, Grimes and Drake Maverick in a table. But I really am. Uh, you know, we got a tables match. Sheamus's skin's going to turn crimson. You know how it goes in these matches. It's going to be awesome. Dijak picks up a big win. Mental note, sometime in 2022, if I do book that far, book Sheamus versus Ilya Dragunov, first person to turn completely purple from head to toe, wins. Uh, our next matchup, Dewdrop versus Nia Jax. Now, Dewdrop wrestled the alpha female and lost. Uh in the Survivor Series tag match. And since then, she's out to sort of prove that she is the best of the giantesses, the Amazons, the the bigger female wrestlers. Um, and she's going up. Her first one is Nia Jax. And I believe, having checked my notes, I believe this will be the only time Nia Jax appears in this uh, booking of mine. It's not that I don't appreciate her, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And this will be a last person standing match. Dewdrop wins, defeating her foe, and, you know, again, establishing names for themselves. We're doing a lot of that here. I'm sure you've seen by now the photos online of Karrion Cross and Scarlet looking like they just stepped out of an evolution photo shoot from like 2003, 2004. What's with that? How has that guy looking like that, been a part of this company, and we've been given this dreck of this, this dreck. Even the carrying cross in NXT is nothing compared to this guy. This guy with the hair and the suit, and yes, having his fiance next to him is helps, but this guy is money. This guy is money. So that's what we're getting from now on I want that guy I don't want the guy with the helmet I don't want the guy with the spooky entrance I want that guy and he's taken on Drew Gulak uh, who's a guy who could pull that look off if he had kept his hair Victor Crumb style back in the Cruiserweight Classic uh, and this will be a submission match 
because uh, again, TLC, gimmick, gimmick everywhere. This will be a submission match. I'm not saying I'm changing my booking for 2021. But if we get to 2022 and Karrion Cross is still looking like that, I'm on board. We'll start giving him some big time things to do. Uh, and he'll win. He'll beat Drew Gulak. We have a fatal five-way match. And this is where, yeah, this is where I stopped writing. Uh, we have a fatal five-way match to determine the 30th spot in the Women's Royal Rumble. Whoever wins this fatal five-way match uh, will be entrant number 30 into the Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, and it will be Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Nikki Cross, and Mia Yim. Fatal five-way match for the 30th spot in the Rumble. I honestly couldn't remember. I did all of this paperwork. I wrote all of these things down. The one thing I did not do is write down who everybody who, uh, who was on what roster. Or maybe I did. Did I color code it? Ein Minuten, bitte. Either way. I think they're all SmackDown, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, Fatal Five-Way. Winner's 30th in the Royal Rumble, which gives you a Scott Steiner equation level of advantage. Uh, and will give the win to Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan, number 30. She looks primed to finally do what all the people want her to do, win the Royal Rumble, become a big, big star. Next up. Oh, yes. Uh, in October, RK-Bro loses the tag team titles. Randy Orton punts Riddle in the head. November, Riddle returns. Maybe having some sense kicked into him, one could only hope, uh, to take out Orton from the the elimination match, the Survivor Series match, brand match. Uh, and now these two have been feuding, and they will have a goodness. What sort of match will it be? We've done a tables. We've done a last person standing. Could be a street fight, which essentially is the same thing. Um you could make it an actual TLC match. You could make it Hell in a Cell. Because, again, all of these things are capable. We'll make it a cage. I think that would actually make the most sense. We'll put him in a cage. Because Orton clearly is going to be running from Riddle. Riddle's out for blood. Orton's trying to get away from him. Uh, so we'll put these two in a cage. They'll have themselves a little cage match. Riddle betrayed. And Orton... Uh, just trying to get rid of the excess, excess baggage. Uh, and he will. He will defeat Riddle. And that is it for Matt Riddle. He's done. I got nothing else for him. He's not on anything else. Turn it off if you need to. He's nothing. Orton wins. Another big-time feud that we're going to uh, sort of put to bed here is that feud that really has been going on for years, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. Uh, they both managed to make it onto the main roster. They were part of the SmackDown team for the Survivor Series. They took each other out. And so this is, again, probably, maybe this is one of those matches that won't even take place in the ring. You know, whether it's backstage, whether it's an empty arena fight, or some sort of, you know, just brawl. But Dakota versus Tegan... Big time finish to their, you know, sort of gripes with each other. I think they're pretty much done after that, if I remember correctly. Um, and we will give the win to, you know what, you pick. Go ahead, you pick. I don't think it matters either way. January, yep, nope, doesn't really matter. Yeah, you pick who you want to win. Go ahead, I don't care. It would probably be Tegan. The babyface usually has to win in these sorts of things, although we just had Orton beat Riddle once and for all and drive him out of WWE, thank goodness. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'll give you some some choice there. Uh, I mentioned that Damian Priest is or may not be the U.S. champion. He is wrestling Jinder Mahal for the U.S. title, and Jinder is winning the U.S. title. So our U.S. champion is now the great, wonderful, non-hindered, gendered gender wins uh if it feels like i'm going quickly it's because we're almost an hour in and i didn't write all the things here uh we have a triple threat match the winner will wrestle roman reigns at the royal rumble or whoever 
the Universal Champion is, uh, at the Royal Rumble. Some of the big-time names in uh, on SmackDown. Big E versus Drew McIntyre versus Cesaro. Hoss fight, triple threat, gimme, gimme, gimme. Uh, yeah, winner wrestles uh, the Universal Champion. Clearly, they're all just trying to see who is best. We get some singles matches, sort of round-robin style. It's all even. This is a sense where 50-50 booking actually makes sense, or in this case, 33.33% booking makes sense. Um, while two of them wrestle, one of them's on commentary. You know how that thing goes. And in the end, Drew McIntyre will win to challenge for the Universal title at the Royal Rumble. Uh, intercontinental title match. Keith Lee, call him Bearcat if you want. I'm not going to put him in paws in furry years or anything, but call him Bearcat if you want. We'll take on Rey Mysterio for the Intercontinental title. Now, Keith Lee won the IC title from Shinsuke Nakamura back in October. Uh, he is wrestling Rey Mysterio, picking on the little guy. Dominic gets in there, gets tar beat out of him. Rey Mysterio gets the tar beat out of him. Another dominant performance for Keith Lee. For the Raw Tag Team Titles, the Viking Raiders, who defeated RK-Bro for the titles back in October, will be taking on the New Day and beating the New Day. Because, again, we are establishing who are going to be the stars of my division. Uh, Keith Lee is one of them. Jinder Mahal is one of them. And the Viking Raiders are one of them. Plus, the New Day needs to go to SmackDown soon to get their whole storyline cooking with how I want them to go into WrestleMania. Uh, we have a triple, oh my goodness, me with the triple threat matches, my God, triple threat match, put it on the ladders for the SmackDown Tag Team titles, the Usos, the Street Profits, and this new team that I love so much of LA Knight and Happy Corbin, and they are your new champions. Al, I'm giving Eli Drake and Baron Corbin Tag Team Gold. Gosh darn it, and it's beautiful. Uh, they win, they are the new Tag Team Champions. Oh, this is only a Fatal 4-Way match. I'm improving everyone. I'm improving. Uh, Charlotte Flair, Shayna Baszler, Naomi, and Alexa Bliss for the Raw women's title. Obviously, everybody wants their shot at the gold. Good luck in today's WWE finding three people who would be willing to wrestle Charlotte Flair. But in my world, that didn't happen. In my world, she's still a team player. She's not looking for any excuse to run off to... AEW. She's not trying to get the belt off of her so she can leave to go to AEW. And she will retain the title. Shotzi Blackheart, who was the final participant in the SmackDown women's team, she loses to the Alpha Female. She's the last one. That heroic performance is enough to get her a title shot against Becky Lynch at TLC. So we get Becky versus Shotzi, which I think would be a fantastic match. Becky can poke fun at Shotzi coming in in the tank. You know, she'd have a field day with that. Maybe the green hair. Shotzi could poke fun at Becky's orange hair, which is not a natural color at all. They, they could have fun with it. Uh, and of course, Becky will retain. You know, we're getting to the big belts. Big belts are staying because we have things we want to do with the big belts, clearly. So apologies that I'm kind of spoiling that. Uh, and I don't want to rush these things, but Lashley will defend against AJ Styles, and Roman will wrestle Shinsuke. Uh, both of them did well, again, in their uh, respective Survivor Series matches, which is what allowed them to earn these shots, plus some number one contenders matches. The matches would be fantastic. You know they would be. Lashley and AJ would be great. Roman and Shinsuke would be great. And in the end, the champions retain, because they got to have them... Uh, Roman's got to have it until the Rumble, obviously. Um, Ashley's got to have it for a little while longer. Because we know, and just for fun, hey, just for fun, maybe during these two matches. Here we go. Here's what will make it interesting. Here's what will make it interesting. Uh, during, before both of these matches take place, um, do I want? Hmm. No, no, it wouldn't make sense. Uh, but during these matches, Brock Lesnar's music hits. Before the matches, I mean. Brock Lesnar's music hits. Uh, he makes an appearance. He is in the luxury box up in the stands. But he, you know, the spotlight goes on him. Everyone can see. 
and whoever it is, Michael Cole, the the guy, the girl, the interviewers. I you know maybe Pat McAfee does it. Oh, Pat McAfee should do it. Pat McAfee runs up there to the box and is sitting. He interviews Brock Lesnar. He's like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" Like, it's good to see you. Good to meet you. I'm Pat McAfee. You don't know who I am. Um, but what are you doing here? And he says, well, you see, I got myself a title shot at the uh, Royal Rumble. But I get to pick who I face. And so I wanted to watch these matches and just do a little scouting and see see who I feel like wrestling. And so then he's watching as Lashley wrestles AJ. Lashley wins. Roman wrestles Shinsuke. Roman wins. We get face-offs with both of them from afar, kind of staring up at each other. Lashley kind of signaling to Lesnar to come on down and fight him. Roman just holding up the title silently. That's exciting, right? That's interesting, right? Sure. Whatever. I don't care anymore. I'm tired. Uh, so there's December, friends. Whole bunch of matches. Whole bunch of excitement. Like I said, January shall be the Royal Rumble and uh, When Worlds Collide, UK versus NXT which will be a whole lot of fun. And I thank you for joining me as I talked through how this would work in my head. Have yourself a great rest of your day. Um, I'll see you the next time we celebrate the joy of booking.